With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday. That's when the idillionaire Patrick Davis plays jams from local bands and artists. Very talented human beings that you have a chance to see live right here in the ATX. Who's jamming right now, Patrick? This is The Push and Shove, and they're playing tonight at Hole in the Wall. I, I like the song, actually. The Push and Shove. The Push and Shove. Going back to our conversation about band names. Like I would love to know the story behind The Push and Shove. Uh, all right, there you go. My man Patrick's always hooking you up on a 5-1-2 Friday. Uh, it is a truncated, abbreviated edition of Ball Don't Lie because of Texas baseball. Getting the dub, though. We don't mind being, you know, uh, being pushed back. They did have a weather delay, so they started a little bit late. Probably would have had a lot more of the show because the actual game went by quickly. Uh, it was a pitcher's duel for a lot of it, uh, but Texas got the better of Louisiana uh Raging Cajuns, four to two, so they are uh, now in the winner side of that bracket. So we'll uh, talk a little bit more about that uh, coming up later on here in the six o'clock. I want to talk some NFL, and it will also get back to reviewing Game One of the NBA Finals, which we just did last segment. So we'll get back to reviewing the Denver Nuggets' dominant win over the Miami Heat. Uh, but a couple of things. There are a couple of stories I want to get to. One is Texans-related. One is Cowboys-related. And there are a couple of Texans stories we can get to. But this one is probably uh, most most important, but the one that's gaining the most traction. There are several reports in Houston from credible sources that DeAndre Hopkins may want to go back to Uh, H-Town. Brooks Cubina. Uh, Brooks Cabina, he actually is reporting that Hopkins has interest in the Texans. Um, that's from Cron.com. Aaron Wilson, who does work for Pro Football Network and other entities, he is reporting mutual interest between the Texans and DeAndre Hopkins, but also uh, Cleveland, too. He's throwing Cleveland out there, I guess, because of the Deshaun Watson connection. Um, also, John Crumpler, who was a beat reporter for the Texans says his sources confirm that Hopkins visited with the Texans this past week. He out there hustling. Um, So we got multiple reports here, guys, that the Texans are maybe one of the front runners to acquire DeAndre Hopkins. Now, they don't have a a ton of cap space, but they they can obviously manipulate the cap. They can circumvent the cap a little bit and find ways to get money for DeAndre Hopkins. And in the future, I think they'll end up having a ton of cap space uh, but uh, there's also a report from The Athletic that Hopkins one of Hopkins' top choices was Josh Allen, or is Josh Allen, 
and the Buffalo Bills. Smart. But the Buffalo Bills, are, and this comes from Diana Russini, she says the Bills not all in on DeAndre Hopkins because basically, and the agent for DeAndre Hopkins, or at least whoever in his camp, they're saying his preferred passer will not supersede his preferred payment. Of course. <laughs> so, we talked yeah. about how, how important but, yeah. this last payday possibly can be for him. Yeah. And he's looking at, okay, I want to win, but I do want to walk away from um, mm-hmm. some big, big dollars with me. So I'm going to try to see if I can get both. And if people are going to sit back and not, you know, try to offer him that, what is he willing to do? Because you're not going to get the money if you don't play either. So you're going to have to try to find something to do at the at the right time because you, no payday is not going to be worth it for you to sit out either. It might be an incentive lace deal, an incentive laden deal, I should say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> incentive laden Could be deal. too. Could be yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I mean, it just depends, like, how much did he enjoy his time in Houston and, you know, the, the connections he has there? And does he go, well, if I can, you know, play here and maybe finish out my career here, then – then I'll be here long enough that this team could get good again and I could be part of that and we could all be hunky-dory and have a good time and we'll just pretend that whole Bill O'Brien trading me away for nothing didn't happen. Yeah, the, the reports are that he's still got family in Houston Yeah, and that he likes Houston, the city. Yeah. And that now with the new, kind of basically the new leadership there, so there's new leadership since he was there last that he doesn't mind this new leadership structure at all either. Like he, yeah. you know, D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario. I mean, uh, Jack, the Jack Easterby uh, fiasco is done. I think yep. that was that was part of his big issue is not being around the team. Hell, Andre Johnson didn't even want to be around the team anymore. Right. Yeah. He decided I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna represent. Like yeah, Calvin Johnson. I, I won't. <laughs> I won't be an ambassador for the Texans because uh, Jack used to be. But that aside, let's discuss, guys. Do we believe it's a good idea? Let's say the Texans. The Texans can't afford him. They can move around some things, and if they really want to pay him, they can pay him. But yeah, they got to pay him. It's pretty obvious he wants to get paid. Is it a good move for the Texans now with your franchise quarterback CJ Stroud, who, by the way? Also reportedly taking snaps finally with the first team. Uh-huh. He, has al- he has already started to take away those uh-huh. first team snaps from Davis Mills, so that's really, really good too. Uh, but do we think it's good for the Texans? Uh, you want to know their wide? I mean, they got some wide receivers. Some yeah, they got hell. They got um, Noah Brown yep. there. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it Robert Woods? They got there too. Okay, now yes, I would like for them to go and get them because oh, you said yes. Oh, for sure because okay. I'm not feeling anything. About the John uh, Mechie, he's in there too. He's well. See that one. Tank I would, Dale, I would give some it? love. I'll give some love him and Tank Dale because that's the newer generation. Nico Collins. But are you going to bring Nico Collins? Is somebody that they believe is supposed to have this breakout year? And is that going to be with C.J. Stroud? I mean, possibly. I think C.J.'s still going to have a little bit of growing pains just because of the speed of the game. I'm not saying he can't go out there and compete, but if you want some guys to learn how to be professional in this. In this league, you would probably want someone with experience like like DeAndre Hopkins Hmm. to be able to come there and do those types of things. I know Robert Woods is a great pro. He's been a guy that we don't don't make a lot of it. We thought he was going to be great with the Rams. Exactly. Didn't didn't come out that way. Um, I. I'm, I am. I'm torn on it. I'm not. I'm not yeah, I'm torn. it's one of those things I'm where it torn. depends what the contract is, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. It, that's, it comes <laughs> down to the same thing. As you go, if they pay him twenty million dollars and it's an eighty million dollar contract at twenty million a year over four years, you're like I don't really love that because now you're like, okay, now you're kind of really pot committed into him being your guy, 
and now you don't necessarily develop your other guys at the same rate that you need to. I like it still that you if you think you have the guy, but that that scares me a little bit more than if you say, oh, it's a three or forty five million dollar contract. Then I can go, okay, fifteen million a year for for three years. Yeah, you're getting a deal on DeAndre Hopkins. And I, I, I like the analogy I've used. Uh, I used last night on the show was when Justin Verlander went to the Astros. He taught a lot of those young pitchers how a Hall of Famer gets ready for a game, how he gets to the game, what time he gets there before a game, how he stretches, how he works on throwing the ball, how he warms up, all these things that a Hall of Famer does for young pitchers. And if you don't have, and when you bring in a DeAndre Hopkins, we don't know in the NFL. It's very hard to be a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's got the full credit there yet, mm. but he has a he has a talent of a Hall of Famer. Yes, I'll give yeah. that. And so when you see how he warms up to get into games, and you see that you can help out a lot of your wonder, your young receivers. Go, oh man, I was getting here an hour later than I should. Oh man, yeah. when I was doing the warm ups, I wasn't warming. I I thought I was getting too much of a sweat, but I see him go out there and he balls out after getting that sweat on. So you can kind of work up those things. So I think in that sense, having a veteran of that level come into your franchise can be a great thing. It just goes into what is your game plan? Is he on board with this? what you're trying to work out with? He's okay mm-hmm. with a rookie starting. He's okay with the growing pains. He's okay with you not giving him, you know, you giving him more even target share in some of these games and maybe sitting him down a little bit more when you're bl- getting blown out in a game. You know, yeah. when you're playing a game because you're not going to be great this year. So you say there's going to be games that get away from you in the second half and go, hey, man, we want to give some other guys a, you know, a few more reps. But then that takes away from yep. what Rod was saying about the incentive it base does. too because now my incentives change a little bit That's and true. I'm not going to get that money that I thought I was going to get because now you're taking reps away from me. Yeah. So I can't give no hometown discount no more. Yeah, I, I do like what Patrick said about you know him being a mentor to those young wide receivers uh, yeah. in that room. And I, I, I listen. If this guy, this guy can make Matt Schaub look good and <laughs> and make an All Pro team, first team All Pro with three different starting quarterbacks like he did with T.J. Yates and I think it was uh, Tom Savage. And when after Deshaun Watson got hurt, and I know that was a long time ago, that was a while ago, not a long time ago, but it was a while ago. I still think he's got some of that left. Um, so he can he, he'll help a young C.J. Stroud uh, develop, and he'll help accelerate that development. Because um, I, I think if you ask him to, you know, just kind of go with Robert Woods and uh, John Mechie and Tank Dell, not they're not good receivers, and they won't develop into it. But I do think you could uh, stunt his development a little bit um, because that's why you get those young quarterbacks. Look at a Jalen Hurts. You give them more weapons. Yeah. You're saying yep. with that, you just give them more weapons and it will accelerate their development. That's what a lot of teams are doing. We see it with, with Tua. Right? Just give them more weapons and yep. you'll accelerate their development. But then the question becomes, well, is, are they a great quarterback or is it the weaponry around them? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, because this is the, the I was just about Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. He's great. But Joe Burrow, I've never seen Joe Burrow without elite <laughs> receivers around him. I agree. I, I think he's awesome. Yeah. Well, have we he may have some without? crappy linemen, but he got <laughs> some receivers <laughs> like him. Yeah, that's true. Some <laughs> stars. And I think Joe Burrow's a real deal. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I think he uh, ain't been he ain't been lacking on the talent yes. portion and, and, on the outside. And the Texans have good an, an, a decent O line. Yep. They got two of the better tackles. Yeah, and, 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 all, and the reports are that they're going to work to re-sign Titus Howard, too. They're already in talks to get yeah. the right tackle signed. If they get him, then that is a baseline for a while. Yeah, so I, I'm not opposed to it. If the Texans want to do it, I understand accelerating the development, and you could argue Patrick's uh, 
you know, his theory as well that, hey, you want you to mentor for those young wide receivers and you're establishing a new culture and just tell them, say, man, we need you to be a culture guy. Yeah. We need you to show everybody exactly how, how, how to be a professional and the sacrifice, the commitment it takes. We know you can be that guy. And then if you, because if, if that, because Hart is right, that affects his incentive, him yep. being uh, incentivized enough through an incentive laden contract, then just go, nah, man, we'll pay you. But we're going to give ourselves a back door in this thing. And if you're not, Keeping up your end of the bargain, and we getting out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we all just need to figure out. The question is, what does he think is a fair contract, and how many years does he want? Because I think most of these teams want to offer him a shorter deal. I think everybody goes, well, we know the injuries have been happening more and more. You've been missing a few games, so we don't necessarily want to give you a four year deal if that's what you want. We'd rather give you one or two years, and then it's it. You know, his market value, I'm sure he feels is twenty and above. And well, Odell, the Ravens basically paying Odell fifteen mil with eighteen and eighteen yeah. million incentives. That changed the game because now he's going to get at least what seven sixteen. That's what I'm saying. I think, but that's what I'm saying. I think he thinks he's above twenty because he, that's yeah. where he was a year ago, two years ago. Yeah. So I think he's sitting. He's still sitting there, and most teams have him closer to that fifteen. Yeah, and maybe like an Odell contract of hey, if the the Chiefs want to sign you, we'll give you a two year deal. 15 a year with incentives. Yep. And that way, you know, we're not stuck that if we want to go a different route in two years, we still have Patrick Mahomes. We can keep Kadarius Tony, who they think is going to be a, a, a much better receiver and grow this season. Sky Moore is a rookie they drafted last year. They're hoping to get him they some got progress. Ross, too, there, right? Yep. I forgot all about him because he was hurt. Yep. <laughs> so they, they I get they why teams skills. are. Do. I don't think anybody else is really wants to affect. And I think they also don't want to publicly go out on the record and say we're going after him. And basically make all their young other wide receivers feel like they're not good enough and feel like they replaced them in a minute. So teams like Jacksonville, teams like the Bills, teams like uh, Kansas City are all basically, they can't publicly go and go, yeah, we want him and we'll pay him whatever. We need your help. Yeah, it, it makes everybody else feel terrible. Yeah. The only team that I've seen reported on by multiple uh, sources that uh, at least multiple uh, different reporters, NFL reporters, that the Bills aren't all in. They're the only team I've heard that about. They just they they really aren't that interested. Um, but Kansas City, there's been multiple reports that Kansas City is indeed interested in DeAndre Hopkins, and that is that's a scary, scary notion for the rest of the league. That's all why right. somebody else needs to get them just because. You know how many other teams can go out there and just get them just because? Baltimore needs to get yeah. in this thing. Baltimore, The Giants, if you want to Baltimore. make a phone call, Giants, you're the team with no wide receivers. Yeah. No, you're right, Giants. That's a good one. And because I mean, remember, if for he's a long willing, time, if he it wants, was Odell Beckham. Everybody was talking about possibly going back, going to, back, the back to the Giants. And yeah. if he says, I'm, I'm willing to play for a quarterback that maybe isn't the highest favorite of, like, the highest ranked, then the Giants should offer you some money because you are a massive upgrade from anything they have there. I don't know why the Giants have not been mentioned more. I agree. I don't. I, don't, I really don't. That, I haven't heard them at all. No, maybe that's I the get beautiful it. If we're, part. If we're yeah. saying, if we're saying he doesn't want to play for a, a bad quarterback and he doesn't view Daniel Jones as that guy, even though Daniel Jones improved last year, then I get that at least a little bit more. But if he's saying I'm willing to go to Houston and play for C.J. Stroud, then Daniel Jones has looked better than we assume C.J. Stroud is going to look this year. Just last year, mm. be with Brian Dayball. Yeah, but I think it's a Houston thing too. The I, I agree. Of, yeah. I agree. But, but, I, but I think money will top all that. Exactly. So they're gonna offer ding, him ding, a good ding. contract. Yeah. He'll, he'll say, "Now nah, I got family in H Town. I'll visit there." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I don't know why the Giants have been mentioned more. They should, and that would be bad news for the Cowboys. Speaking of the Cowboys, how about the, okay? So I don't. Michael Parsons has definitely been. Uh, he's been corrected. 
by the coaching staff and by Dan Quinn. Because remember, he initially, and this was, uh, this was actually in Austin at the Collective, um, he initially said this earlier <laughs> this year, right, that he yep. was getting ready for a full-time pass rushing role. Yes. Right, ready to show what he was going to do. He said he, he said he was bulking up. Just to focus on development and carrying that load, and he was going to be going up against you know three hundred pounders, and he wanted to get, go from I think like two forty five to like two fifty five, something like that. I think that was kind of the goal from him. Um, he said he's not going to surpass two fifty five because he was ready to go to a four time pass rushing role. Remember Dan Quinn uh, put the you know he put the kibosh on that report from Michael Parsons himself and said, uh, well, nah, he's actually a pass rushing linebacker. Yeah. That's what he is. So apparently now we got a new description, a designation for Michael Parsons from Michael Parsons himself. So these are from the horse's mouth. He says now, um, he said he's going to be, this is from John Machota. Michael Parsons said he's going to be playing eight different positions this season. <laughs> eight different. Just There's only 11 on the side. Unless he go play some offense, too. <laughs> Just stay tuned. Everything that's in the front seven and some coverage, I'm going to do it all. This is going to be a year to remember for sure. Hold up. What? I thought you were going full-time pass rushing role. Then you went to pass rushing linebacker. Now you're playing eight different positions. He's optional, man. He's optional. I like positionless football and all, but, man, we might be going over the top here. But I think the the key here is the coaches behind the scenes did not like him revealing that he was going to a full-time pass rushing role. I think, think, honestly, I think Michael Parsons, what he said earlier this year, I think that's more of the, the plan. Right. For the Cowboys, just having a full time pass rusher most of the time, but him saying that, I think it it, it made a lot of uh, NFL game plan and game plans a little easier. Yep. Because if he's going to be in a full pa- full time pass rushing role, all we got to do is come up with concepts to be able to make his life hell on the edges. And if we don't know where he's if you don't, if he's only coming from the edges, it makes the offensive coordinator's job a lot easier. It does make it tough. Make it make it easier if he's only coming mm-hmm. off the edges. But him moving mm-hmm. around to play eight positions, like no, that's what, not what, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Hey, hey, man, you gonna they, play punt returner too? Hey, they need a running back. They that might be it. Hey. That might be it. Honestly, dude, he I'm might, not hey, he was a running back <laughs> in high school. Than a lot of guys. I think you I, I honestly I truly believe if they give him the ball three or four times, he's gonna break one. I, I think about it four times he's going to break one. But I think he would also fumble one because yeah, he's yeah, such a bruiser yeah. <laughs> that he's going to think, I can't go down. And that's why I want to keep pushing. Um, uh, Mike McCarthy said, I think individually he will always be extremely impactful. Um, that's what's important for us to stay focused on creating as many of those opportunities for him. And I think that's the whole conversation of where he's going to line up. So I'm just telling you from an offensive perspective, when you line up a premier player in the same spot, it's easier to apply help there. Mm. And we know Dan Quinn's on the record for saying, you know, he's a pass rushing linebacker. Um, and he said, quote, I'm really emphasizing some pass rush into my offseason. He said, that's what I think. Uh, Michael Parsons wanted to say. Yeah, um, thank you, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for talking for Michael because Micah will say what he wants to say. Believe me. But but I will say we know Dan Dan majors in positionless football on defense. That's true. Um, and he said, "quote His other quote is, I've really tried to spend as much as I could on on that to make things for us where people could play dual roles." 
when we can get to that spot where you're interchangeable pieces, it seems more complex. But really, I would say the package can be easier. We're just featuring people in different spots. So mm. he, he he literally just said that like a couple of weeks ago. So I don't, I have no you don't I, know what to say, right? I, I mean, I, you don't know, know what. I, I mean, that's the whole point. They I got think, everybody guessing. Yes, and I okay. think Micah made it too damn easy. Right? Yep. yep. Micah made it too easy. Like, oh, no, he's going to be on the edge the whole time. That's, like I said, that's an easier game plan for the yeah. offense. Um, it's tougher when you go into a game going, man, where the hell could they line this guy up? Where's Waldo? Yeah. Where's Micah? And you have to pl- practice all week long game planning, or he could be on the edge. Yeah. Could be in the B gap. Could be in the A gap. All right. If he could lines up here. He lines if up he here. lines up here. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're going to bump Demarcus Lawrence in, spin him down off the edge. All those different types of things. So I I, I don't know. I think you should expect to see all of it. Yeah. But I still think he's going to rush off the edge more than anything. I believe that. Yeah. I, I, That's what and I'd be excited about that because he's going to give us so much more. And his relentlessness is going to be undeniable. So. Matter of fact, wherever he lines up, I'm cool with. Just be healthy. He also says he's not into sacks anymore. This is his quote. Yeah, it's I know. Ridiculous. I don't know what he, these quotes. This dude. Up. I mean, he said, "I'm kind of off the sack wave. I'm onto the impact wave." You see, Aaron Donald, he can have 12 sacks, but the impact he makes is so dominant. You can tell. I really just want to be dominant, and then you have uh, guys who have 16, 17 sacks, but they're not considered a guy. I want to be a guy, not one of the guys. You feel me? I'm not chasing for something. I'm trying to achieve and be greater than someone who is chasing. Reverse psychology. He's just trying to tell you, I just want to make an impact. You know how you make an impact? <laughs> go get sacks and get sack strips. You know what I'm saying? Go go make impacts like that. He's going to be the highest paid defensive player in the history of the game. For sure. Yeah. And and, and and he knows that. So that's why he's trying to put all these different caveats yeah. on his talent. He can do it. He can say whatever he wants to say. It doesn't matter. Sacks, no sacks. He can get zero sacks next year. He'll still be the highest paid player in defensive player in the history of the NFL when he's extended. No doubt. I'm um, going to – I concur. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We come back. We'll get into uh, Texas baseball, their big win over the Raging Cajuns. And also we'll review game one of the NBA Finals Denver Nuggets with a big win over the Miami Heat. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Horn, a 512 Friday for you. That means that my man Patrick, the ideal you know, is playing jam from local bands and artists uh, that you have a chance to hear and see live right here in the ATX. Who are jamming right now, Patrick? 
This is Evan Charles, and he is playing uh, Saturday at the Sagebrush. Oh, I like that. The Sagebrush. Where's the Sagebrush? Sagebrush is on South Congress. Okay. Over, I believe, South Congress in... Stasny? Still has Congress kind of William Cannon? Oh, Somewhere okay. over there. Oh, I can't even picture that really. All right. I, used it was to, a, I should know that because I used to live For a long time, area. it was a club that no one dare venture into. Uh, it was a <laughs> one thing. of those clubs. Well, it had a card, like a, a plywood sign up front that said like El Camino or something. And I believe it was a biker bar or uh, some other type of bar that I've only heard like one group of friends went in there one time because they were just getting a drink and they walked in, were immediately like, oh, we might die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't belong yeah, here. Yeah, we do not belong here. So, uh, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So it was that. And they've now, it has been, that was, <laughs> that one went under. Uh, yeah, Sagers bought it. They built an awesome Shocker. club there, <laughs> so they have like, they have a cool like indoor stage, outdoor stage, uh, but an awesome bar there now. Nice. There you go, my man. See, you can you can look real cool in front of all your friends. Patrick giving you all this information. You can be like, oh yeah, I want to have some drinks at a really cool spot. Yeah, boom, five one two Friday. Let's get fun. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that spot. Yeah, yeah, it is now. Yeah, now I'm sure they're a lot more accepting, and they uh, they want folks in there having a good time. All right, let's get to uh, Texas baseball first before we get back into the. Uh, reviewing game one of the NBA Finals. Uh, Texas baseball hearts, big win over the Raging Cajuns. Yep. Um, so uh, they are on the winner's side of things now. Uh, but great performances, uh, not only by Lucas Gordon, uh, but also by Dylan Campbell. You're talking about two plays made in the outfield, one by Eric Kennedy that saved you, saved three, took three runs potentially off the board uh, for the Raging Cajuns, and then that Dylan Campbell play. Both have a chance to make it onto the Sports Center top ten. Uh, there's no question that Dylan Campbell play will be there. No doubt. Uh, that was that was one of the best play. I, I asked you, is it the best defensive play that Texas baseball has had all season? And I you said did. it was the best defensive play that we've seen all year in baseball. Yeah, because wow. it was just laid out. Everybody is still in awe because. This is a guy who has been great defensively all year. If you've been a Texas baseball fan, I'm just preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. But if you were just now checking out Texas baseball and you see this guy make a play, you're like, man, that's amazing. No, he's been doing that all year. That was just a phenomenal play. But he's a guy that is always around the ball, whether he's throwing guys out at first, he's throwing guys out at second, third, and even at home, being able to track balls, getting great jumps in the outfield. That is the thing that's been so impressive about him. And doing this also while he's continuing to uh, extend hit streaks, become the, the, the record holder of consecutive hit streaks mm-hmm. in a season in the Big 12. I mean, this is one of those deals where you say, wow, this guy made a big play. Texas t- says SportsCenter already tweeted the D.C. catch. Perfect. So, thank so you already know. <laughs> and they need to tweet. They need to also tweet the the um, Eric, Eric Kennedy play it because was, that's man. three runs. Three and runs. that changes the momentum of the game. That mm-hmm. changes what happens with Lucas Gordon, who was able to throw, what, 89 pitches today? Put so it to that, work. He yeah, or 83 to total pitches yeah. today. Put so it, to it kept him in the ball game. He wasn't having to be in bad situations. It gives the team a boost as well. So you sit there and you're like – Wow, that was a momentum-shifting play. And those are the types of moments that, I said it before, this is when you become a legend on the 40 acres uh, postseason. 
Uh, well, he's our Dylan Campbell's already done some things that are legendary. Yes, sir. Put his name in the record books as the uh, all-time yes, consecutive uh, hits leader for the conference now. Yep. Uh, but uh, also, man, those two defensive plays uh, they just stand out. And Lucas Gordon, of course, he was great. But man, Eric Kennedy and Dylan Campbell. Those to me, when you think about this game, those two plays to me were. Almost uh, the the embodiment, <laughs> yes, of the the Texas kind of a focus in this matchup because it, it was a it was a team it was a team win. Yes, it was. You saw a lot of different guys contribute, uh, but those two plays to me, man, they were just spectacular. And I do believe Eric Kennedy will make it onto that Sports Center top ten too. No doubt, I'm hoping. No doubt. He, just, he, he was too nonchalant, and it, it was such a great play. He was so relaxed and smooth making that catch. I almost thought he didn't make it because he didn't get excited. Right. I was, like, uh, I, was like, oh, I was like, oh, man, he must have missed it because I was like, oh, no, he caught it. And, like, and everybody else was excited for him. Yeah. yeah, like, he, yeah. He, he did it all national. I was like, dude, get excited. Yeah. He didn't get excited. So I think he, even though his play was just as amazing, it it lacked that uh, that spectacular element to it because he just looked too damn smooth doing it. Yeah. He didn't even look like he was exerting himself. Dylan Campbell stretched out. He grimaced when he got it. He's like, oh, oh. He, yeah. surpre- he looked at this glove and was like, oh, I'm, oh, I caught it. I didn't know I caught it. it Dropped was, his shades on his yeah, hat. It was way just more all dramatic. It. Yeah. And yeah. then it, it, it got, yeah. It, it was just, it was, both of them were great, but Eric Kennedy's way too relaxed. That's why he may not make the top ten, but he should. Yeah, because because of the moment of it all. That's the what thing, it too. What yeah. it meant at that particular time. So you sit there and you try to figure it all out, and you're like, man, what was the key play? And there was a, a double play that was early in the game. And if you were listening to it, Craig, on the post game, he gave those three plays as the most important plays because you oh, get those, out of situa- really? oh, you get yeah. out of situations and you create different things for yourself. <laughs> and they were able to execute. Like I said, it gives you different momentum in those situations. My man Dylan Campbell, he's got a 36-game hitting streak. He's got like a 42 consecutive uh streak of reaching base as well. So he's doing things that you said he you got know, benched last was he, he got benched in the middle of a game last wow. year for a pop up at first That's that he didn't crazy. think he thought it was gonna go foul. It ended up not going foul. He didn't run it out. Coach took him out. I saw them in the dugout talking it out. Hmm. And then right back after that, he's never had an issue with him again. And it's a lot of, a teachable moment. Says man. a lot about his baseball character. Yeah, we teachable about, moments. We were, we were having this discussion actually in the break earlier this this week, and I won't say what we were talking about because I don't want to start <laughs> something. Um, but how sometimes you need to be benched. Yes. Sometimes it can be really good for you. Exactly. Some of the all-time greatest players have been benched here at Texas at one point in their career. Hell, Major Applewhite got benched exactly. one time. Sims got Bent, VY, VY got bent. Yeah. Chance. Chance. Nobody's yeah. above getting benched. Yep. Like, you, sh- you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. Not you here in Texas, be. man. No. Because uh, the it's it's a team effort. And if you are out there making you know bad decisions um and not helping your team and not being productive, and you're hurting your team when you're helping your team, hey man. Yeah. The the, the brand is bigger than you. The no team is bigger it. than you. Sorry, you got to sit down for a while. You'll learn your lesson, and you'll be back. Yep. And you'll be a better player for it, i.e. Dylan Campbell. I.e. Dylan Campbell. <laughs> and he's a great player now. Exactly. It's amazing. And, they, you know, they did a story on him about why didn't he transfer because he had that opportunity and mm-hmm. what was he thinking about. And he was like, nah, man, I'm sticking it out. His dad told him. His dad's a former professional baseball player, also played um, hmm. baseball in college, so he knows he what the it. struggles are. Man, we're going to finish this thing out and look what's happened to him. Ooh, 
That's how that's a, he's like the rojo of of, yes. of Texas baseball. Exactly. <laughs> that is our rojo, man. <laughs> that is our rojo. Get, get them feels, man. Exactly. Get goosebumps talking yeah. about them. I love uh, it. Good, good, uh, great win actually for a Texas baseball four two over the Raging. And Cajuns. shout out to Lucas Gordon because he, you know, he's the he's the table setter. He comes in pitching the first game, and everybody's always talked about. You know, the pitching, what's been going on. And I said leading into this weekend, we expect good pitching performances from mm-hmm. from Lucas Gordon, and I expect another one tomorrow from LBJ. But what do we get from the other pitchers? What are you going to have on that back end? And Zane Morehouse coming in today, handling his business, that is a huge step in the right direction. And the beautiful thing is now you got one out of the way. That's right. Just keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got to win that first one is big. Yep, that's huge. And get yourself huge. just to get the momentum going into confidence. And you only use two pitchers today. Lucas Gordon, 83 pitches. Uh, Zane Morehouse, I think he threw like 28 pitches. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Now let's see what we do tomorrow and into the rest of the weekend. Uh, just real quick, cause I know we're up against the break here. Uh, the Miami Heat in NBA Finals, their NBA Finals history, they are one in six all time in Game Ones. So as a franchise, it's kind of the the norm, yeah, for them in the NBA Finals. The Heat one in six in their Game Ones. Uh, all right, real quick, do they win Game Two? Who wins Game Two? Denver or Miami? I've got Denver. Patrick. Oh, Denver. <laughs> you know, Patrick's already giving them the smoke. He, Miami again. Yeah, he's like, just man, I can't do it. Yeah, basically, it's going to be a boring finals, is what y'all are predicting. Look, I know. I'll get, I told you, I'll give you credit. Finals. Like, I know people were like, Denver killed Miami. They didn't. They scored 104 in that game. That they did not have a good second half. Miami should have won game one. They, they should have. They hit some of those shots that they missed. If one of those guys can buy plays like he played in the rest of the playoffs. They they win that game because they played really good defense in the second half, and their legs got tired in that first half. I'm telling you, well, you is, can see their they, shots. They, they ain't getting no fresher. Well, yeah, and they, said, <laughs> they said that everybody has that that first half when you play at that elevation completely drains you, like in the first three minutes. Yes, you're like, oh my god, I'm tired. But then you go to the locker room, you get that second win, you I play better that. in the second half. Yeah. So there Charles was something- Barkley and Grant Hill were sucking on oxygen. Yeah, okay, take Grant Hill because Charles Barkley may be sucking on oxygen. <laughs> At that's, the beach. That's why I had to, that's why that's Man, why I had on. that's why I had to put Grant Hill in the conversation. I knew where you were gonna go with Barkley. Hey, come on, man. Look, if Chuck's gonna make fun of my city, San Antonio, I can't <laughs> I gotta give him something back, right? San Antonio fans have to appreciate how much Patrick goes to he the goes to the map for every time, dog. Even even every when it's time. not even basketball yeah, season yeah, for yeah, San Antonio. Yeah, he's about the city anything. He always takes up for San Antonio. I got Antonio, your back man. essay. Oh, man, the Spurs, the Spurs stick together. They do. The Spurs stick together. They do. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll uh, let you know what's on tap. We'll wrap it up, put it in the oven uh, right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 down the horn. Pop a top again. Do you mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you're going to have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion. Sir, I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's five o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already five o'clock here. It's time for what's on tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's. That is... mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. 
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Um, before we get out of here, we'll let you know what's on tap. But first, my man Harge has got a special message for a special person. That's right. I want to give a very special birthday shout-out to my beautiful daughter, Jasmine Sky Harge. She will be turning uh, seven Ooh. on Sunday. So I wanted to tell her a very special birthday shout-out to my beautiful daughter, Jasmine. Boom, boom, boom. She's going to get a belated birthday shout-out on Monday, too, though. Yes, she will. We'll do that again. Yeah, we sure. will. Yeah, we uh, will. There you yeah. go. Seven years old. Seven years old. Did, you, did, did she what, – what's birthday <clears throat> stuff? Like, she gets Christmas. Gifts? <laughs> I about to say like is it like a one gift thing? It no, is no, no. Christmas. Okay, that's what I want yes. to know. Okay, yes. yeah. So she is spoiled. Very much so. Uh, love. Love. Is I will I go with spoiled. <laughs> she knows that. She knows that. Uh, all right. Uh, what's on tap for you this weekend? We have a uh, soccer tournament in Houston, but we'll be right back. It's a soccer game, soccer match, excuse me, okay. uh, tomorrow, and then we'll be right back. Well, tomorrow. soccer matters. That's and be right. safe on that road. I will. Uh, Patrick, what's on tap for you, brother? Oh, uh, just enjoying a little bit more basketball while it's oh, still right. here. That is right. And then, uh, oh, then it's all over for it's you. It's all over. It's going to be sad. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to yeah. be sad. What about yourself, uh, my brother? This weekend, man, you know what? I'm going to do some uh, some barbecuing this weekend, man. Well, uh, queue it up. I, I have not cooked ribs on my grill yet. It's okay. happened this weekend. I'll let you an update how it went. All right. Hopefully let us it goes know. well. <laughs> let us know. Uh, breaking it in this weekend. All right. Uh, remember, the revolution might be televised. Talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. Remain that. Take care. He says, more play. Take care. Just the peace.